Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All fans and citizens of Perfectville everywhere, it's that time of year again. Oh, yes, it is. All eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at Bet Online. That's right, $200,000 NFL Survivor contest. You can find that at betonline.ag. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Perfectville, 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of the opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener against the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded. Up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. That's right. You get your money back even if you pick the wrong team. You can't beat that. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfect Bill, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. I am Sam Marcou, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Colon. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Um, fantastic, Sam. Let's say uh, my son's football team kept coming off a 24 nothing route, uh, where my son did score two touchdowns. Wow. On a 70-yard reception and a 30-yard run, he uh, he scored three times in two games, once on a punt return, on a reception, and on a run. So he's having a real good start to his year. Uh, my defense pitched a shutout, so that was sweet, always good. And then, uh, yeah, football like literally is on every night for the next like five days. So I think Ohio State plays tonight, UCF plays tonight, there's football tomorrow, uh, UNC plays Virginia Tech, Miami plays Alabama, Georgia plays Clemson. It's just fantastic. If you're a sports football fan, it starts now and it's pretty nice. Yeah, it absolutely does. And you'll hear from our advertisers later. We got some fun stuff going on with our podcast and some, uh, some different, uh, entities that are out there. So stay tuned for the commercials. What a radio tease, right? Don't listen to the content, Chris, listen to the commercials. <laughs> Speaking of which your, your son has now returned a kick or uh, returned a punt for a touchdown, um, had a reception for a touchdown and ran one in for a touchdown. Sounds like I should have drafted him in the okayest fantasy league ever that just popped off here just a few days ago. So uh, congrats to Maybe him. Maybe one year in the future, we really can. And the funny thing is about his punt return is it was kicked and received by our other running back who also plays rugby with my son who ran about five yards and rugby pitched it to my son who made sure to stay behind him. And he took it to the house. It was the crowd went crazy. We, we tweeted it to USA rugby. Like it, it was one of the coolest plays you've ever seen. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, it's all good, man. My, uh, my daughter started her soccer career or career uh, season uh, in goal, pitched a shutout, blocked one of the shots on goal with her face. Um, you know, it, it's kind Scott of interesting. Sterling. Well, it's interesting though because the man, the uh, legend. in practice, she uh, 
she had noticed that uh, during one of her practice sessions that the ball, basically one of the, one of the girls got five hold when she was um, in the field, another girl was in goalie during practice. So the ball went between the legs and scored a goal. So while she's in goal, which is what her favorite position is, she remembered that and said, I need to put my hands down so that this girl doesn't kick the ball between my legs. Well, when she did that, of course, it crouched her whole body down. And this girl from about eight feet away just fires a laser and it bounced right off my daughter's forehead and went about 15 yards back beyond the girl. And it was just like everyone held their breath for half a second. And then she kind of looked at me like I blocked it. I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess, guess we're going to junior college when you get older because that one killed a couple brain cells for sure. It was a first concussion. Ding. Was it like uh, uh, not another teen movie? They have a concussion counter on the, uh, the scoreboard for Billy Ray. That's, it's funny. I mean, the yeah. concussions aren't funny, but yeah, no, well, her team won three to nothing. So she did the right hey. thing, I suppose, at least in terms of athletics. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of athletics, the, uh, the Miami dolphins preseason is now over there. Chris, uh, yes. big, big come from behind win fourth quarter, fourth down pitch and catch from Reed Sinet to, uh, Chris Myrak. Neither one of them is employed currently, but, uh, it was a nice way to end preseason. The Miami Dolphins beat the Cincinnati Bengals, no major injuries. And wouldn't you know it right after that, a couple of days later, the Miami Dolphins reveal their 53 man roster, which is why you and I are here today here, Chris, we're going to talk to talk all about it. We're going to break down the offense. We're going to break down the defense. Who was a surprise cut? Who was a surprise stick? Um, uh, maybe some other personnel, uh, options that are out there that were rumored over the last few days that haven't come to fruition. Once again, uh, we're going to break it all down here. Chris, are you ready? Oh yeah, absolutely. This is the last uh, off season type show that we have. So yeah, let's get this one out of the way and let's get going to week one next week. Yep. Starting next week, we've got regular season football for the next what? 18 weeks straight. So uh, I can't <laughs> hopefully believe. more, hopefully, hopefully more. more. That means playoffs, minimum. boys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Minimum. Right. So, all right, 15 minutes on the clock, and let's go ahead and start with offense here, Chris. And let's start with the position that everybody's been talking about. Of course, you, myself, everyone left else. Uh, left guard, 100%. Uh, we're gonna, oh, I'm going to spend some time on the offensive line because uh, some people should be ashamed of themselves. If you got cut from the Miami, well, we'll talk about it later. Let's start with the quarterback room. The Miami Dolphins on their 53-man roster, uh, well, it's minus two because they have two quarterbacks that they kept to, no, to the surprise of nobody. Tua Tungavailoa is the starting quarterback. He made the team, Chris, despite not even showing up for the Cincinnati Bengals game. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, a.k.a. Chubbs, is the backup quarterback for the Miami Dolphins going into the season. As somebody else said on Twitter, probably the best backup quarterback in the league. Uh, I remember hearing that before about Ray Lucas, and uh, I started busting out into hives because of that tragic memory. But uh, those are your quarterbacks for the Miami Dolphins heading into week one. Tua Tungavailoa, Jacoby Brissett. Unfortunately for Deshaun Watson, he didn't make the cut for the Miami Dolphins this year. We'll try again maybe next year. Uh, in the meantime, you know, go, go get those legs massaged. Uh, what are your thoughts on the quarterback room? No real surprises here other than a little bit of a monkey wrench, Chris, between uh, the rumors flying that the Miami Dolphins were in advanced talks for Deshaun Watson. Rumors coming out that the owner, Stephen Ross, really wanted Deshaun Watson and that Brian Flores, during his press conference after the Bengals game, didn't do a very good job of shutting down those rumors. Uh, what are your thoughts over the last 48, 72 hours, uh, the rumor mill around Deshaun Watson, the Miami Dolphins, and Tua Tungavailoa? Um, it's one of those things where it's like uh, what I just talked about. I can't wait to talk about football. This offseason has been, we've said it a million times, Sam, it could be our catchphrase. There's always something yep. with the Miami Dolphins. There's 30 other teams that the Texans could trade Deshaun Watson to. But, of course, 
Brian Flores for the Miami Dolphins is getting questions after the Cincinnati game. And I said it before the Cincinnati game. I said I was excited for this game, not for the game, because like you said, Myrick is catching a ball from Reed Sinnott. Um, I was excited for the, the he had to do a post-game press conference. And you knew this question was going to come up. And I was like, this is the chance for Brian Flores to shut it up, to shut it down like he did with Xavier Howard. Write that down. I want him on the team. You know, how he came out hard for that. That's what he can do for Tua Tungabailoa. Shut it down. He did the complete opposite. <laughs> he did the complete opposite. Basically, it was just like, eh, I talk about guys on my team. Can't really talk about that. But, 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 but. Now, recently, he has more along the lines of Jeff Darlington came out, thank God, um, who still has connections with Miami and said he had a team meeting. It was like, Tua's our guy. Tua's our starter. Then asked again on the press conference, I believe yesterday, said Tua is our starter, which in my opinion, and now you can't talk about other players and other teams under contract, it's tampering, whatever. That's the best way possible, I guess, he could shut it down. But still, man, I would have loved a Thor hammer. Just get it done. That guy's not coming to Miami because it's going to float on now all the way until this is done. Yeah, I wish he was a little more definitive at that press conference because you're right. One of the things that did come out is according to the collective bargaining agreement, you cannot talk about another team that or another player that's under contract for another team. So he can't really reference Deshaun Watson with regards to rumors coming to the Miami Dolphins. But he can do is uh, talk about Tua Tungavailoa and say he is our starter. We are not looking for him to be replaced. He is our guy. He's earned the spot. We're pleased with him. He did that, but it was kind of after the fact. It seemed sort of tacked on because he didn't really do a good job at that press conference. I think that was a little bit of a misstep. But nonetheless, I think the rumors have now died back down. Deshaun Watson is not going to be on the Miami Dolphins week one. It will be Tua Tungavailoa, Jacoby Brissett. I am comfortable with those two uh, being uh, the quarterbacks for the Miami Dolphins heading into week one. Now, heading into week one, the Miami Dolphins only have three running backs on the roster right now, Chris. And of course, that's going to be the starter, Miles Gaskin. No surprise there. Malcolm Brown, their big prize free agent running back that they signed to a one-year contract, uh, the big bruiser. And then Suvon Ahmed, basically Miles Gaskin light, his roommate and uh, at Washington and now teammates here uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And that's it. Those are the only running backs the Miami Dolphins kept here, Chris. I was a little surprised at the lack of depth um, but given the fact that we have seven wide receivers, which we'll talk about next, I think the Miami Dolphins are showing their hand going, we're throwing the damn ball. Throwing the ball. And honestly, the Miami Dolphins have showed in the past they don't really prioritize the running back position. Jesus, I didn't know they were going to just not have one at all. <laughs> like at this at this rate, we're literally just going to go out there and just put Gusecki and Smythe at running back just to have two other options to fade out to block or pass. Um, not a surprise, Gaskins or Brown um, or Ahmed. Um, happy we cut Jared Dokes and brought him back to the practice squad because uh, that's a guy that can really help us um, in the future. He looked good in that Cincinnati game. Of course, it was a homecoming game. That's where he played college ball. Um, very, very surprising, especially with COVID, especially with, and like, like you said, having 15 wide receivers, um, you'd think we'd, you know, prioritize the running back position, but actually if you've been paying attention, no, we're not surprised because there's three running backs and Brian Flores. I have a feeling they're holding Flores back from cutting Ahmed. They're like, we need at least three. And he's like, I want them all gone. I want them all gone because they just seem to hate running backs. I don't like the letters R or B. I want them all gone. Uh, it's interesting, though, because you Ronnie know, so, Brown never getting in the ring. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie Brown just doesn't even exist. You can't even get into the building. What is that, an R and a B? Absolutely not. Coach Flores says you can't be here. Um, you know, Suvon Ahmed, 5'11", 197 pounds. 
Miles Gaskin, 5'10", 194 pounds, basically the same player. They went to the same college. They basically have the same skill set. And then you have Malcolm Brown at 5'11", 225 pounds. So there's your bowling ball right there, Malcolm Brown. Um, I think I'm okay with this. I was a little surprised that Jared Dokes was cut. I thought we'd keep a fourth wide receiver or a fourth running back, whether it was him or Patrick Laird. Uh, Both of them are on the practice squad. Um, Patrick Laird is the guy that just won't die. Uh, But I think the Miami Dolphins are looking at this saying, hey, we're not going to use running backs very often we're, we're going to do it to try to keep the teams honest but we are going to throw the ball quite a bit to our wide receivers and our tight ends so uh, for now i think this is okay but i do find it very interesting that we keep asking for a running back and every time we say please draft a running back please sign a running back please trade for a running back the miami dolphins respond by saying well we're just going to get rid of running backs that's sort of a thing it's still an action so um three like running when your backs. kid like doesn't want to go to bed and their bedtime's coming up in 30 minutes you're like every time you talk back to me i'm, I'm gonna cut off 10 minutes and they just go, fine. And you're like, fine. Now you go to bed in 20 minutes. And they're like, no, I don't want to. Fine. 15 minutes. He, the, literally, that's what Brian Flores is doing. We're like, Javante Williams. He's like, no, cut him. Dokes is doing good. Cut him. What about Patrick Laird? He's he's white and fun. Cut him. Practice squad. He's been on practice squad since the Obama administration. Like, we just hate running backs. I can't wait till he meets Mr. 23. And he goes, hello, Ani Aoun. Because he just, like, refuses to say R&B. Because obviously he hates running backs. Yeah, I, uh, it's it's funny too because in all the uh, the fantasy football leagues I'm in, I think I've, I've I've compensated for the lack of running back by drafting all the rookie running backs that I wanted this year that didn't get. So I have Najee Harris <laughs> and Javante Williams. I got Michael Carter on the Jets. I have all the rookie running backs that the Miami Dolphins refused to draft. Uh, all right, let's head over to the wide receivers. Technically, the Miami Dolphins Week One have six wide receivers. Now there's seven on the roster, but Will Fuller is suspended for Week One, so he doesn't really count against the the 53 man roster as of right now, uh, which means they have six wide receivers i think traditionally teams kept five wide receivers we've started seeing them keep six as we get more spread offenses but seven is somewhat unheard of here chris i don't think that's going to last long term but here are your seven wide receivers albert wilson had an amazing start to camp uh coming back from injury coming back from covid this guy seems healthy he seems refreshed he seems to have a skill set that's going to match to a tongue of skill set i'm excited for albert wilson and what he can do for the miami dolphins this season Devonte parker no surprise there uh, wide receiver one for the last couple of years has really shown to be a consistent 50-50 ball guy. He can go out there and catch the ball when it's in the air, when he's got a defender all over him, whatever the case may be. Uh, Jalen Waddle, the talented rookie, obviously going to make the team. And then, of course, Preston Williams. This is a little bit of a surprise. You and I talked about the fact that maybe, just maybe, he was going to not make this team because of his injury history, because of the talent that has come up through the wide receiver ranks this season. Uh, but that's not the case. He's on the team. Uh, Mac Hollins, who I always consider a tight end, but Mac Hollins really took advantage of all those other wide receivers that I talked about not playing in preseason and not playing um, uh, during training camp and earned himself a spot on this team, getting nice rapport with Tua Tungabailoa, big body, can catch the ball in the middle of the field. I love that. And then, of course, um, Will Fuller, like we talked about, and then the man who will not die, the man who just got himself a new contract, the man that made me bang my head against the table because of it, uh, Jakeem Grant Sr., number 19, still on this team. I don't know why, Chris, the Miami Dolphins hate me so much, but he is here, the sixth wide receiver on the team. What do you make of the wide receiver room? Well, Sam Marcoux Sr., um, I just think that it's <laughs> no surprise, really. Preston Williams is a surprise. He went out and played in the Cincinnati game. I don't think he got any catches, but he got work. He ran some routes. Somebody made a good point on Twitter, and it's one of our followers. It's one of the guys. I just forgot who it was, and I'm sure they'll tweet at me once this comes out if they listen. So let's see if you're paying attention. Um, Preston Williams is not a surprise because 
yes, when he's not in, when he's not injured, he's good. He's a very good player for us. He's on a very cheap contract. He's like an undrafted rookie contract, but he hasn't, he's done just enough for us to want to keep him around and he can make a difference, but not enough for us to like be worried about having to pay him more or anything like that. So it's like one of those, yeah, use him for five games. We got six, 17 of them. Uh, and then when he gets hurt, we'll just bring Isaiah Ford back. Um, again, him and Patrick Laird, they're like, you know, Miles Gaskins and Ahmed of just roster spots, just sticking together. Um, yeah, it's weird. Jakeem Grant, there was reports that like we tried to trade him and then just restructured his contract. Like, God damn it. No one wants them. Will you please restructure? Because we can't keep you around after this year. Like Sam is finally, it's, it's, it's getting trickling up. You know, Travis probably slid a sticky note. Like, Mar- Marcus Sr. is done. He wants Jakeem Grant gone one more year, and that's it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's somebody that's cut from another team that we pick up, and Grant might be the guy that's gone. Who knows? But the top of the roster, as far as wide receivers go, it's no surprise at all. Well, we're going to talk about who might be still on the bubble here because we've talked in years past about churning the bottom half of the roster. The Miami Dolphins yes. at times churn the middle and the top of the roster, which is a little confusing, and we'll talk about that when we get to the defensive side of the ball. But we're not there yet. we still got a few more minutes here to talk about the tight ends and the offensive line. Tight ends, Chris. The Miami Dolphins keep five tight ends. Adam Shaheen, Durham Smythe, Keith and Carter, Hunter Long, and of course, Mike Kosicki. Uh, no surprise with Mike Kosicki. No surprise with Thurm Smythe. No surprise with Hunter Long, considering how they used him in terms of drafting, uh, you know, using high draft capital. But then you look at Keith and Carter, who was injured, but a good special teamer. So I can see him as the fourth. I am shocked that they kept five wide receivers or five tight ends there. I would have bet money that Adam Shaheen was going to be the odd man out, not because he's not talented, but just simply the numbers game here, Chris. But five tight ends, I don't know if a team is, has kept that much in the past, at least not the Miami Dolphins that I can recall. No, um, I didn't even know there was five tight ends that existed like the, but just to be on one roster this is the the opposite of running back like brian flores loves tight ends who doesn't right but really i mean this i think is a more indicative of how little they trust their offensive line that they need to keep guys in to help block and they're almost glorified tackles at this point because austin jackson and uh, whoever's at right tackle is not somebody that's uh, standing out. I mean, we're literally signing guys off the streets or guys that were good in college, high draft picks, but wasted talent on other teams and hoping they miraculously, miraculously uh, turn into that player for us. But yeah, I think that's more indicative to the offensive line, how they feel about it. But five tight ends, man, I just feel like there's like an overload on a few roster spots and a real thin uh, elsewhere. Yeah, you know, one thing to keep in mind is that the 12 personnel, um, so that is when you have one running back and two tight ends, um, is statistically the best personnel in terms of uh, Tua Tungavailoa having success in terms of completion percentage, you know, success in terms of first downs, touchdowns, so on and so forth. So it makes sense to keep tight ends because Tua Tungavailoa does well with them, but I don't know that you need five. I mean, they all have their own purpose, I guess. I mean, Keith and Carter is a special teams guy. He's probably not going to play too much in terms of an actual tight end position. Uh, But Durham Smythe, Adam Shaheen, Hunter Long, it seems like they're all sort of the same player. Durham Smythe is more of a blocking inline tight end. Uh, Adam Shaheen is kind of an overall guy. He can do this. He can do that. Mike Kosicki is obviously a pass-catching threat, and Hunter Long is a pass-catching threat. So, I mean, I guess they all have their own roles when you start to 
think about it. But at the same time, I think you're absolutely right. It's a good transition into the offensive line. We have nine offensive linemen, three of which, Chris, weren't even on this team last week, I don't think. So uh, they're a little bit of a surprise in that Matt Skura, uh, who we thought was going to be our starting center, signed from the Baltimore Ravens. He was released. I think that was one of the biggest surprises that we saw. He was released early, probably to give him a chance to maybe catch on with another team before the season. Uh, but that really leads uh, Michael Dieter to be most likely the starting center, uh, Robert Jones, who I thought was Robert Hunt. Maybe he had changed his name. I didn't know that Robert Jones was an actual person on the Miami Dolphins until he made waves last week by throwing a Cincinnati Bengal, not only off of the field, but out of the arena. Um, so Robert Jones makes the team as a guard. Solomon Kinley, Greg Mance, who we traded, speaking of the Baltimore Ravens, uh, traded to get him. As soon as he ended up on this team, it seemed like it was probably the end for Matt Skura once we got Greg Mance, who uh, is kind of just an offensive lineman. He can do just about anything, kind of like a Jesse Davis type uh, who also made the team. Of course, you have Robert Hunt, who I think is probably our best offensive lineman overall. And then, of course, you have Austin Jackson. Liam Eichenberg, uh, and then Greg Little, yet another guy that uh, really, quite frankly, wasn't on this team about a week and a half ago. So, uh, and then of course Jesse Davis, like we talked about, he's he's kind of the veteran. He's sort of the you know somewhat. I think Travis Winfield called him the captain of the line last year. A lot of people question why Jesse Davis is even here, but I would maintain that the guy is a veteran presence. He's a professional. He basically sets the standard for how we're supposed to be. Um, going to work every single day, kind of a lunch pail sort of guy. So nine guys, Chris, nobody really stands out. Uh, any surprises here? Any concerns beyond the obvious? Well, they obviously had to get rid of Skira because he had a weird name combination. If you think about the rest of the guys they kept, Austin Jackson, Robert Jones, Robert Hunt, um, Jesse Davis. I mean, the most generic, like create a character lineman. And that's the perfect thing to like, explain our O-line, Sam. I feel like me and you have been talking about this all decade. Like every time we do a podcast and we're going into a season, which has been years now, it's always the gray area and the question mark in the offensive line. It, it, we got all these guys, one of my favorite shows on Netflix, Master of None. Like they, they, none of them are just like a fucking solid left tackle, solid guard. They're all like, well, he could slide to right if we need him. We're going to try him in left guard. Liam Eichenberg is like a super surprise to me because, well, he did well right tackle when they moved him. This dude played at Notre Dame and started at left tackle, the key position for three years and gave up like one sack or no sacks. Then all of a sudden he gets the NFL and sucks. Like I, it doesn't make sense to me. There has to be something with our scouts, our scouting department. They keep getting wrong. Like they're bringing in, um, who we'll talk about in a minute, McKinley, uh, Van Noy last year, Skura, these guys that aren't even like making the fucking team, but we're like giving up money, we're trading for them, we're signing them in free agency, and they're not even helping us. What are we getting wrong? Because there's just got to be something. We have to fix that offensive line. And it's like, that's going to be the biggest question mark for me. You mentioned three running backs, all these receivers, this talent, all these weapons means nothing. If Tua's leg is broken in half, knock on wood, or he's just pressured out of his fucking mind. We have to get this offensive line right. And the scouts and GM, Chris Greer, haven't gotten it done yet. And they're just trying to piece guys together. The Greg Little, they're hoping he comes in from another team that was a high draft pick, but sucked for another NFL team that's fine to let him go. And we're hoping he just comes in and is good. I'm just tired of that. Well, and you know, look at what we tried to do this offseason too, with that first round pick that the Titans had last year uh, that we had to cut. I can't remember his name, but he put out that rap video and was on, you yeah. know, the Fizz. I don't think anybody remembers his name. 
No, I don't think Isaiah he, even knows, he doesn't even know his own name at this point. Isaiah Wilson, I think. Uh, and then, of course, we go get the Gregs. We get Greg Mance and uh, Greg Little. If it was Larry Little, I think we'd have more success, uh, even at this advanced age. Even at this age. <laughs> than Greg Little at this point. But they're really web available? Yeah, yeah, I know he's doing his own podcast, but, you know, if he can take a break in Sundays and suit up, number 78, we need you. Um, yeah, it just seems like they're throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. I mean, we might have one or two good, talented guys, but do we even have them in the right position? I don't know. This is the biggest concern for the Miami Dolphins going into this season is what does the offensive line look like? Are we going to have people that can block, you know, consistently long enough in the pass game and the running game, although that doesn't really matter because we don't even have any running backs, um, to let Tua Tungavailoa find the open receiver and uh, get it to one of his 17 tight ends. We're going to find out. Um, and then we're going to find out a little bit more about the defensive side of the ball right after these words. Psst, citizens of Perfectville, can you keep a secret? Exciting news. Our pod is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for a contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest-profile games of the week between the NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Yeah, that's right. Sunglasses and shoes. What else do you need? Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And... If you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. And once again, we are back. Sam Marku, Chris Cullen, welcome to Perfectville, part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. And we talked about the offensive there, Chris. Um, we didn't really get into the surprises. So we're going to talk about that uh, at the end of this segment here as we get into the defensive side of the ball and special teams. Let's see the rest of the team here. We're just going through the 53-man roster, really 54 with Will Fuller's suspension. And let's start with the defensive line here. Adam Butler, one of the guys that we signed this offseason, makes this team no real surprise here, uh, although it kind of is a surprise that a free agent that the Miami Dolphins signed, to your point earlier, actually made the team. But Adam Butler had a pretty decent camp, good, solid body up front, uh, makes this this team as a defensive lineman. John Jenkins, uh, the guy who is actually over 30 years old, makes the Miami Dolphins. That one was a little bit of a surprise. I thought he was going to be more of a camp body. He would be one of the last veteran cuts that we make, but instead he makes this team. Emmanuel Ogba, no surprise there, our uh, pass rushing specialist, uh, looking for a new contract, playing his, 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 his way through it, didn't have any uh, issues with the team, didn't do any holdouts, very professional, probably our best player on the defensive line. Zach Sealer, as we named him, random white 92 uh, has a new contract, no longer living in a trailer park, uh, seems to have moved up to a mobile home. Good for him. He's now on the uh, the team. Christian Wilkins, you know, I talked about Emmanuel Ogba being our most talented guy on the defensive line. The only guy I think that can actually uh, challenge that statement would be Mr. Christian Wilkins, the vocal leader of not only the defensive line, not only the defense, but maybe the entire team. Christian Wilkins makes this team. Raquan Davis. Uh, out of Alabama, I'm watching you. Uh, uh, I'm watching Alabama behind you on your big screen there. Uh, he makes the team one of the best rookies that we've had. 
just one of uh, this defensive line here. We talked about the offensive line, Chris, being uh, a weakness and a concern. The defensive line for the Miami Dolphins is the exact opposite. This is a stacked, solid, no real holes that I can find here on this defensive line. What say you? Yeah, our podcast is going to get boring if we continue building a good roster because it's hard to talk about these. They're just so good. Like Wilkins, Raekwon Davis is a monster. They can intertwine together. If we go four-man front, if we run a three-four, three, get they can give each other a rest, get a blow, and they, they, they're they coming in fresh. Um, Agba, obviously, is going to play out of his mind this year for that contract. Um, when you talk about guys like Jenkins and the, the, the other guys, those and Zach Sealer, um, they're, they're such talented dudes that just come in. And I, I think about my own coaching when like I, it's a third quarter, it's fourth quarter, it's hundred degrees on a Saturday afternoon and my big boys are tired and I need them for like one, two more plays to be able to have that depth to take them out and put in Zach Sealer, put in Raekwon Davis and uh, even John Jenkins that, that are going to get a push and, and push uh, the pocket to the quarterback or stop a run play to have that depth is fantastic. And, uh, they've done a really good job. Flores, obviously, specialties defense of uh, building that defensive line. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about Zach Sealer, and you know we make fun of him a lot, and for good reason. The guy went to Ferris State. I didn't even know that was an actual college until right now. And I got this nugget from uh, this is almost a did you know? I got this from Travis Wingfield on the official Miami Dolphins website. Sealer comes. Uh, let's see, since two thousand three, players posted the following combination of workout numbers in the run up to the draft. Six foot five, 285 plus pounds, sub 4.85 40 yard dash, 30 plus reps of 225 pounds on the bench press, 115 plus inches on the broad jump, and a three cone time under 7.15. Those players are Mario Williams, JJ Watt, and Zach Sealer. So he's in pretty good company in terms of his athletic ability. Yes, yeah, please. I think we should. Uh, I think we, I think we, A, uh, Travis is a nerd. That's a lot of <laughs> random stuff. And B, we should probably stop making fun of Zach Sealer. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he can catch us no matter how we try to get away from him based on those metrics. So maybe we'll just shut up about Zach Sealer. I think yeah, you're your right. Trailer's cool, dude. I love you. Yeah, it's an awesome trailer. I uh, appreciate. I love what you did with the curtains. Uh, all right, moving back up, uh, uh, just one level of defense here, the linebackers. The Miami, Dol- the Miami Dolphins keep seven linebackers. Uh, Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Ginkle, Duke Riley, Sam Egwabon, who's still sacking the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, Alandon Roberts, Jerome Baker, no surprise there, Brennan Scarlett, who I didn't even know was actually on the team. Um, I thought I think that's just one of the um, uh, Ayabendejo brothers. Uh, there's just another one of them running around. Uh, but those are your linebackers for the Miami Dolphins heading into week one. Uh, a couple of names here that I didn't expect to make this roster and a couple of names that aren't on this list here, Chris. What say you about the Miami Dolphins and their linebacking core here in 2021? Yeah, like uh, obviously Baker, Sam McGovern, um, love those guys. Uh, Sam really earning a spot during preseason. That's the, what we missed last year. And that's where like there was such a bad rap for these rookies. And the reason why people harp on it is uh, there's guys that make the team based on preseason games and their efforts and how they play. And Sam McGovern like literally did that. Like, I mean, I know he's been in and out of our roster for years now, but this guy's going to play. Like he's going to play and, and make plays because he made plays in the preseason and opened Flores' eyes of what he can do. Uh, really surprising, and I mentioned it earlier, um, is is McKinley. <laughs> Again, a free agent we bring in, super exciting. Uh, you look up at his highlights, you know, he sacks the quarterback, he can fill holes. It sounded like in training camp he was doing that against our offense. Um, he's gone. <laughs> he's off the team. And if you actually look at the cuts, he's one of, other than Cam Newton, like one of the biggest 
like name guys, veterans that got cut. Uh, big surprise for me. Hopefully one of those younger guys step up. Duke Riley randomly on the team and Scarlett. Wasn't Scarlett's brother a running back for us that we cut? Yeah, uh, I think like, that's what it was confusing to me. That's what I was saying. It was like one of the uh, I, I Bedejo brothers because we had uh, right. Obafemi and uh, like John. I don't know. They had the weird like one had a weird <laughs> name and the other one had just a regular old name. But uh, yeah, one of the Scarlets made it. The other one didn't. I mean, that kind of sucks. Like that's going to be awkward come Thanksgiving time. Isn't it like, hey, how's your job? Oh, my job's great. You know, I got three sacks last week. How's your job? Oh, yeah, you know, you know, I'm going to be head, you know, um, grocery bagger by next week, I think. So we're both killing it, bro. Um yeah, I There's was a surprised. weird phone call. Mom, mom, mom has to react. Like it's like the uh, the movie The Dictator, and he changes yes and no to his name, and he yeah. says he's HIV uh, Aladdin, and the guy's like smiles, and then he gets sad, and then he smiles, and he gets sad. That's like the mom and dad. <laughs> Your mom, I made the team. Yes, mom, I got cut. Shh. Oh darn. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I think uh, was it Alf uh, Ortega or somebody else had mentioned the fact that you know maybe maybe uh, Bernardrick McKinley was basically redundant with Sam and Landon Roberts coming back. They all kind of do the same thing, and if they all kind of do the same thing, do you really need three of them? And I I agree with that logic, other than the fact that we have fifteen of the same tight end on the offensive exactly. side of the ball. So I don't know if that logic really applies or not. Um, I was surprised by that. I think as you said, and, and again, they cut him early, so obviously. They had a decision and they gave him enough respect to say, we're going to let you out there early because you'll probably land with another team. I don't know if he has yet or not, but I'm sure he will because he's a talented linebacker. I just hope he doesn't land with like the Bills, the Jets, or the Patriots and make a play against us. But you know, that's probably what's going to happen. Biggest surprise to me, I I think, was actually Duke Riley making this team. I didn't think he had a very good preseason. I didn't think he had a good training camp. Um, Spent an awful lot of time in the offseason hanging out on beaches, uh, which I'm jealous of, but I was surprised that he made the team, but the guy is a special teams kind of guy, and that might be part of it as well. You look at these linebackers, a lot of these guys are going to be flying down on punt returns, flying down on kick returns, blocking, uh, you know, stuff like that, so that com- that plays into it. The special teams aspect plays into it. I don't know that Bernardrick was actually going to be out there uh, as a gunner or anything else when it comes to punt returns, kick returns, things like that, so you know, special teams plays a role in this. It sure does, and that's like uh, we'll get into the DBs next. And one of them that made the team is the Fidjudge. Yeah, he's not going to he's not going to play defense. He's going to he's literally the body that flies down and makes a tackle on a kickoff team, and that's important. Those guys are important. Uh, You need those guys because I I hate to keep bringing up like my my coaching, but I see it when like like my son will have a uh, like he had like a long run and he's coming off the field tapping his helmet like he needs a breather, but we're about to kick off. Like you're one of my best tacklers too. So like if I take you off and then they score in a kick return, like to be able to have those guys, you can just throw out there and you know, they're sure tacklers are fast. They get down the field. It's a nice thing to have. And that's why they do it. They're not going to send Jerome Baker on a punt uh, to make a tackle. Cause you know, he goes and blows up a Jakeem Grant senior and blows a shoulder up. That wasn't worth it. You got to have these guys for a reason. Yeah, quick story. My uh, my stepdaughter, she started her actual soccer career. This is her first time playing organized soccer. And uh, game one was 100 degrees. And she was starting in the middle. And she got her first goal. She did a fantastic job. And as soon as she got the goal, she turned to the sidelines and goes, I need a break. And she was on the side with a little water bottle and fan and really didn't have any interest in coming back in the game. They're like, oh, we're winning. Yeah, I already scored a goal. I think I've done what I need to do. And uh, all the other girls are looking at her just so jealous. Like, we want to be out of the game too, but we want to play. It was hilarious. Uh, let's get into the defensive hey, fun backs. fact for you guys is yep. since hot games saw this in utah when i went to the, my son's rugby tournament um and i bought him seven bucks at walmart it's uh one of those one gallon pump sprayers put ice water in it and then literally sprayed the kids on the sideline 
Kids love it. it. We're going to be doing that. That's uh, that's a good good tip right there. Um, Cornerbacks. So we're going to break this down. We've kept 12 defensive backs, Chris, (laughs) and we've already started to churn this a little bit. I mean, apparently defensive backs and tight ends are just nothing but a wet dream for uh, Brian Flores here. So uh, Noah Igbenogany, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Justin Coleman, Jamal Perry, which we'll talk about, Nick Needham, Trill Williams, those are your cornerbacks that the Miami Dolphins kept. Uh, I was a little surprised at Trill Williams, but I think he is a great story. So I love that we did there. Um, seven cornerbacks, and then let's get into the safeties. We have five safeties. Eric Rowe, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, Jason McCourty, Clayton Fajadella. Those are your 12 defensive backs. Now, we talked about Clayton Fajadella being... Uh, an actual special teams ace. I have no problem with Jason McCourty. I have no problem with Brandon Jones. I have no, obviously no problem with Javon Holland or Eric Rowe. Those make sense to me. But do we need seven cornerbacks? I mean, are any other teams keeping seven wide receivers and 27 tight ends, or is it just us? Do we need this many defensive back uh, personnel there, Chris? I literally feel like half of our 53-man roster is tight ends and DBs. Like, it's an insane amount, and it really reeks of we don't want to lose these guys, but we need to keep them on in case a uh, running back comes free. Like Royce Freeman, they cut by the Broncos. If so, that's somebody we were interested in, we don't have to cut Dokes now. He's on the practice squad. We can sign him and cut one of the 57 fucking DBs. And I think Jamal Perry did get cut, did he not? Now, uh, I was going to say an addendum to this, Jamal Perry. I mean, we pared down from 12 defensive backs down to 11 because Jamal Perry was waived yesterday or the day before. But that's only because we were awarded Elijah Campbell, yet another defensive back from the New York Jets. So we're still at 12, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, yeah. So now we get this undrafted guy from the Jets. And again, this is where the scouting and the back office, it's like, we've had Jamal Perry on our team for a couple of years now. We know who he is, how he, you're just hoping we're waving him and bringing this guy in who played for the Jets and wasn't good enough to make that team. And he's going to be good enough to help us. I just, I, I hope it works out. I hope it happens, but man, oof, we'll see. Yeah, but you know, I do look at this team and I look at the defensive backfield, and there's not, you know, there's really not anybody bad. I think honestly, the guy that might be the uh, the one that's in the most trouble, other than Jamal Perry, who was just cut, would be Noah Igbenogany. I mean, he's really got to step up his game because Nick Needham has outplayed him. Xavier Howard is Xavier Howard. Byron Jones is Byron Jones. You've got a a, a case now where Noah Igbenogany may be the fourth or fifth best cornerback on this team and that's not a good place to be when you were a number you know a a, a, a first round draft pick just a year ago the spotlight is going to start shining bright on him I don't think he had a great preseason he seemed to have a really good offseason in terms of conditioning uh, strength all of that fun stuff but I don't think he played particularly well in the three games that he actually played in I think even in the Bengals game he was playing well into the third and fourth quarter when all other starters were not even you know suited up so that tells you everything I think you need to know about Noah Igbenogany and where he is on this roster. Um, anything else about the safeties or the defensive backs here, Chris, that uh, surprise you or don't surprise you? I'm surprised that McCourty's getting so much playing time at safety. I mean, he's doing well. I don't know if Brandon Jones was hurt, but he seemed to play pretty well last year. It's going to be nice to intertwine those three with Javon Holland, who seemed uh, all, all, all notes have said that he has looked great in training camp. I can't wait to see him with the lights on because he's just a ball magnet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, He's a ball magnet. Magnet to balls. I don't think Javon Holland's going to want that quote attached to him for too much longer. So hopefully his play will allow him to uh, come up with a better 
better um an interception mag- magnet yeah there, there go. we go something better than ball magnet there chris <laughs> uh so so far we've gone through 50 51 of the 54 roster spots here and of course the other special teams specialists uh you have jason sanders no surprise mike polardi who had an amazing um preseason in camp when it comes to punting the ball and of course uh blake ferguson or turd ferguson or whoever he is as our long snapper here uh, and that makes up your 53-man roster here chris and before we get uh out of here today because this is just a very special episode of welcome to perfectville breaking down the 53-man roster giving our you know thoughts and uh concerns about the whole everything miami dolphins who was your biggest surprise cut for the Miami Dolphins? We got a couple minutes. Who was the biggest surprise cut and who was the biggest surprise keep in your mind? Um, I'm going to agree with you when it comes to uh, Duke Riley is my surprise that we kept. Um, my surprise cut was Kirk Merritt. I thought he, he played awesome. Uh, he's just a talented dude. I really thought he outworked Jakeem Grant. Um, as far as uh, you mentioned special teams and what you can bring to the team. We have Noah. Uh, Iganabane and Waddle that can return kicks and punts. Jakeem Grant kind of seems like I would rather have a better player and Kirk Merritt. Thankfully, we kept him on the practice squad, but there's no guarantee he's going to stay that way if somebody wants to bring him on to their roster. It's a guy I've liked for a couple seasons now, even when he's on last chance to you and everything like that. The guy is a special talent. Um, so surprised we caught him. Glad we kept him. Hopefully, he makes his way up to the main roster. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, Kirk Merritt probably is the guy that uh, is the biggest surprise cut because he had a really good training camp, really good offseason. Everyone seemed to be on his side. He didn't seem to do anything wrong other than the numbers game. I think if we'd let go of Jakeem Grant, Kirk Merritt would have been, you know, the next one up. Um, and, you know, I, I it's hard for me to uh, disagree with Duke Riley um, being the surprise keep on the defensive side of the ball. I think I agree with that too. We're in agreement there with both of those things, which by the way, one of the cuts that we had Malcolm Perry uh, from Navy, uh, very similar to a Kirk Merritt and um, Lynn Bowden. He's already signed with the new England Patriots. So there you go. There's your traditional Bill Belichick signing somebody who was just cut by the team. They're playing week one. In this case, the Miami Dolphins, uh, former Malcolm Perry, now part of the new England Patriots, but that doesn't surprise us either. Cause we know that he was high on Malcolm Perry a couple of years ago when he came out in the draft. So that doesn't surprise me much. Um, I think the Miami Dolphins did a pretty good job of being clever on how to keep some of their players. Lynn Bowden Jr. Put on IR. He wasn't going to make this team. Uh, Larnell Coleman, who I think they liked, they used a, a, a late round draft pick on him. He's injured. He's going to be on IR uh, for a while. So he gets to stay for the Miami Dolphins and we get to make a decision a little bit further down the road. Um, I think they did a pretty good job of getting most of their players back on the practice squad. Some of those guys that we talked about, Chris Myrick, uh, Reed Sinet, all those guys are back on the practice squad for, squad for the Miami Dolphins. So we're not losing a lot of these guys, at least not yet. Um, but I agree with you, Duke Riley, I think the biggest surprise. And then also, I think the biggest surprise in terms of cuts was Bernardrick McKinley for me, uh, or McKinney, I should say. And then, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, that about sums it up in terms of what I think about the Miami Dolphins 53-man roster. Overall, Chris, is this, uh, is this roster a playoff roster, or, or, or are we missing something? No, I think it is. I think um, we have enough talent to be better than we were last year um, I think Tula takes a step up. I think uh, Gaskins is comfortable as the number one and will be a, a force out of the backfield catching the ball as well. Um, and I think we have just enough guys that can change games that need contracts. Agba, Gusecki, 
that are going to play and have some seasons that are really going to open some eyes, as well as even Xavier Howard, who technically is on a one-year deal when you talk about they're going to revisit March. Those three guys right there that can sack, intercept, and catch balls and have a really good season uh, to earn a contract. So, yeah, I think we're a playoff team for sure. The only reason I'm laughing, if you can see me, Chris, right now, is that we were just talking all kinds of shit about Duke Riley, and the commercial that comes on behind you on your television was for Duke's mayonnaise during that entire time. <laughs> it's just not on me. It was like good product placement almost. We're talking about Duke Riley, and right behind you is Duke's mayonnaise the entire time. That's fantastic. Well, that's why he got kept on the team. He's you know he's an heir in the Duke mayonnaise conglomerate, and they didn't want to piss off a higher up. Don't you know who I am, Coach Flores? I can get you mayonnaise. I'm Duke Riley. Hopefully he makes a sack and Flores is like, yeah, spread it on, spread it on, spread it out. There you go. That maybe that'll just be, that'll be the, like, you know, have the amoeba defense last year. We'll have the mayonnaise defense and it'll just be our guys spread out, of, you know, on the sidelines. Either. Zach Sealer <laughs> better be on that white ass defense. <laughs> uh, no comment. I love you, Zach. I name my son after you. Yeah, they- <laughs> Well, there you have it. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to talk about? I, I agree with you. I think the roster is constructed pretty well. I think they did a pretty good job. I wasn't surprised by too many cuts other than, you know, like the, the ones we talked about. And uh, I don't think we're losing out on much. It's not like we're looking at one cut going, man, that guy was really going to do something for us. Because when I look at the roster, the people we did keep for the most part, I'm okay with it. Uh, I'd like to see a couple other people maybe go. I'd like to trim down the tight end room and the wide receiver room a little bit and maybe see if we can have those assets reallocated to the linebackers and running backs. But uh, I'm not the one in charge, so I don't get to make that call. Uh, But overall, I think they did a pretty good job. I'm pretty comfortable going into New England week one with this roster here, Chris, uh, which is what we're going to talk about next week when we come back. And we have regular season football to talk about. The Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, week one. I'm excited. You're excited. Everybody's excited here, Chris. Uh, Anything else you want to say before we get out of here on this very, very special edition of Welcome to Perfectville? Leading into week one, I think the biggest surprise that affects us as a Miami Dolphins team is Cam Newton being cut. I think an easier game for our defense is Mac Jones at QB and not Cam Newton because we notoriously struggle with running quarterbacks. So that's a nice tease leading us into week one. I can't wait to see it, Sam. Speaking of mayonnaise, did you see that meme that's been going around where it shows Cam Newton just shredded, ripped out of his head next to that pile of just disgusting white bird shit that they call Mac Jones, and they say one is a starting quarterback for the New England Patriots and one is unemployed. I just looked at that and went, wow, uh, picture's worth a thousand words, and most of those words are going to be fat, disgusting, untalented hack. Uh, But enough about Mac Jones. We'll talk about him next week when we uh, talk not only about maybe who they have starting for quarterback, but maybe who isn't starting at cornerback for the New England Patriots week one. Uh, you talk about the the road less traveled for the Miami Dolphins. This is a good, good, seems like it's lining up for the Miami Dolphins to uh, have success week one. But we'll talk about that and so much more next week on Welcome to Perfectville. Until then, on behalf of Chris Collin, Sam Marku, Believe Podcast Networks, presented by betonline.ag, nothing left to say but goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Professional setup. What the? <laughs> is that a Folgers can? Sure is, my friend. Breakfast blend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.